Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome back, and we have a great show today. We are continuing with talking about people that can help you in business. And we want to focus again on the mindset of acquiring businesses. And we have a very special guest. His name is Carl Allen, and Carl is with the Dealmaker Wealth Society. He also wrote a book that we could uh, that he will tell you about, but it's how to acquire a quality business for zero cash. I'm not quite sure uh, you could do that in the small business world, but he's talking about leverage buyouts. And we've seen people leverage into deals and just talking about leveraging into deals, things are changing all the time, right, Jessica? Things are changing all the time. Actually, we just have a recent change we need to talk about. So a few episodes back, we um, we said it's the best time to to be, both be a buyer and a seller because of some of the incentives that are out there for buying a business. And uh, one of those was a six month um, payment forgiveness where the, the SBA would pay your loans to buy a business for six months. It's now gone down to three months. So we did say it might've been too good to be true, but three months is still great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved Carl's conversation with you, Andy, because we talk so much about how growth through acquisition should really be a strategy for small business owners and you guys really bring the strategy from the top down. So talking about how some Wall Street companies like Facebook are able to use that strategy to grow, but then how do you implement it into a small business environment? Yeah, and it's about getting into that mindset about, you know, and that's not, that's something that we don't necessarily do here at Transworld. We don't sit down with you over time and get you in the mindset of what your business could look like with acquisitions. Now, if you get into that mindset. We are here and ready to help you go out and find businesses for sale and buy them and work that whole process. But Carl kind of takes one step back. He kind of goes to the business owner and says to the business owner, I'm going to teach you how to get in that mindset. And it's a little bit of the e-myth thing. I'm going to make you stop working in, in your business and make you work on your business. And that's what these CEOs do. They are either acquiring, selling, joint venturing. And that's what Carl does. And, and, you know, that change at the SBA, why it sounds bad, he's six months to three months, they're still taking care of the guarantee. So that's, uh, you know, 40,000 per million that you're borrowing. It still gives you a ton of purchasing power and insurance rates are still, I mean, interest, interest rates, rates. Are, insurance rates are going through the roof, but in, <laughs> yeah. interest rates are still, at historic levels low, and they may be going up in the future. There is some inflationary pressures on things like uh, raw materials for construction, food. Uh, so you're going to want to get in now. And, you know, Carl's going to help you get in that mindset. And that's what we're, you know, beyond just listening to 
a hundred episodes of yeah. the deal board, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually a hundred episodes as of our next episode. So if you're listening to this one in a two weeks, we are going to be having our 100th episode celebration. We're going to be doing it live as kind of a promotion to uh, launching our new YouTube channel where we have all of our podcasts on video now as well. And we're going to be covering the top 10 business tips from our audience. So if you haven't jumped on our YouTube channel yet, you can find it on our website at the you can click on that there, jump over to YouTube, make a comment. If you'd like to be on the show, we're going to pick the best 10 tips and can't believe it's been a hundred episodes already, Andy. It's been crazy, but you do need to subscribe. That's part of yes, it. You subs- part of hit it. the subscription button and subscribe. Leave a comment of your best business tip. We'd love to have you on. I mean, we're looking forward to having 10, like a lot of fun people come on the podcast. It'll be a great time. We promise uh, we won't make it too difficult. You just talk about your story. And that's what we love here. Yeah. So we've got a great episode today. I'm really excited for our listeners to be introduced to Carl and his methods. I think they're both um, simplistic, but they're also big picture thinking um, strategies that I hope that you can apply to your business as well. Yeah. He's a very experienced entrepreneur, billion dollars, walked away. Great story. Just, you know, listen to it and uh, let's get to it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Welcome back, everybody. And today I have Dustin from our Transworld Business Advisors Rocky Mountain team. It's a mouthful, right? Uh, um, returning to the show to talk about a deal he recently closed. So, Dustin, welcome back to the deal board. And I'll kind of let you give us an overview of this business. Awesome. Thanks, Jess. Welcome. Happy to be back. This business was a 30-year-old landscaping business located up in a mountain town. Uh, Owner was just ready to do something different. And he was still a young guy, but just wanted a different career path while he still had some gas in the tank, so to speak. So the deal... I'm sorry, what? Makes sense, right? Just wants to do something different with his life. Exactly. So the deal was such, it was listed for $1.35 million, And it ended up being an SBA deal with two buyers. So a partnership, those guys were coming out of oil and gas. And they had ties to the valley that the business was located in and just wanted to kind of move back home. So there was a $200,000 seller note. The rest was down at closing. And we actually were all wrapped up about January 15th, but waited till February 1st so we could take advantage of the incentives. All right. And those incentives would be the SBA programs of getting, well, it's now free three months payments, right? Correct. At the time it was six. So we'll see if they're grandfathered in or not, but it also took care of the uh, fees. So the yes. SBA guarantee fees. Yep, which is a big deal. So what would be a a takeaway or a learning lesson that you could share with the listeners uh, from this deal that they could learn from? You know, 
uh, my biggest thing and my biggest takeaway from this one was when you find the right buyers, the deals tend to go smoothly. So it's like feel trusting your gut instinct with those buyers and allowing them to operate a little bit on their own. Uh, we did a little bit of training ahead of time, which I don't normally recommend, but with this and the situation, it made a lot of sense and it actually ended up working out really beneficially for buyers and sellers because the seller could go on vacation faster, essentially. <laughs> well, it sounds like it was a good deal that worked out for all. Dustin, if someone in the Rocky Mountain region or nationwide was to get in touch with you about doing a deal together, how can they reach you? Yeah, easy. You can either shoot me an email at daudet, A-U-D-E-T, at tworld.com or give me a call, my cell phone, 970-618-9330. And we'll also drop that contact information to the show notes. Dustin, thank you so much for coming back on the show and sharing this deal with us. Happy to be here. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are have a very special guest. We have Carl Allen of Dealmaker Wealth Society. And he is a guy who is an entrepreneur. We love entrepreneurial stories. And we're going to hear a little bit about his background, perhaps how he can help you on your journey to buy or sell a business. And I'm sure that's what we're going to hear about. And uh, we love having entrepreneurs like Carl on. And Carl, welcome. And why don't you just get us started and give us a little bit of your background and your story. Thank you. So Andy, thanks for having me uh, on the show. Let me give you a kind of quick background. So I've, I've been buying and selling companies now for almost 30 years. So I started off in 1992. Um, I went to work for a Wall Street investment bank, Bank of America. So I was doing mergers and acquisitions for large corporates, uh, namely IBM, did some deals for Boeing, GE, and latterly Microsoft. Took a bit of a detour after that by a business school. Um, spent some time in private equity. Uh, I invested in uh, in a software company, which we sold to Hewlett Packard. And after doing that deal, was convinced by the, the CEO of HP at the time, Mark Hurd, to uh, to go and be one of the internal M and A guys for HP, which which was a, a phenomenal time in my in my life. Um, we we spent almost twenty billion dollars. Wow. Um, of HP's cash and shares, buying up software and, and services companies. And um, I, I learned, I, I was given the, the nickname, the Ninja, uh, by, by Mark Hurd. I was on a train. I was on the Acela train from Boston to New York. And I was sat behind a couple of, um, of deal guys that were talking about a software company that was in play that we didn't know about. It was a perfect fit for HP's ecosystem. Um, so I got off the train. I called him. I said, hey, this business is in Plowitz. I have the name of the business, but we ended up acquiring it. For, uh, <laughs> From the train. It's amazing. Multi-millions of dollars. So that got me the nickname, the ninja, that I was out there and, and understanding deals. So um, so I stayed at HP until 2008. Um, kind of you know, I was having a good time at HP, but my my life and my world completely changed inside of about four hours. I I was in Moscow in a boardroom with Mark and a lot of other HP execs closing a a deal in in the printing industry. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife called me from the UK. Um, she'd gone into labour four weeks premature, mm. so I literally had to get back from Moscow to England, uh, I just ran out of the 
hotel and got in a car, I had my wallet, my phone and my passport. My luggage and my computer, I think, are still there. I've never been back. So I, I managed to get back just in time. My son was born. He's uh, he's 13 in a couple of weeks. So this okay. was the 1st of February, 2008. And, and I, I quit. I walked away from the corporate world. I waved goodbye to uh, about a million pounds of bonuses and options as you know, very, very well remunerated at that time. But right. uh, I wanted to be with my family. So I retired at 37. And it was a terrible thing to do because my mindset just wasn't ready for it. I'd gone through all these years of, of charging and doing big deals. So, um, and you, you'll like this kind of end of the story is I decided after three weeks of being retired that I was going to become a business broker. Three whole weeks. With my wife and she said, because business brokers, investment bankers were the same thing. We're, we're buying and selling companies for people. They're not billion dollar deals when you're a broker, but sure. I thought, you know, I, surely it's the same process. So let me go find one to $10 million businesses and try and sell them. So I did, I found a transport company um, that uh, was doing about 5 million revenues. And uh, instead of selling that business, I actually ended up acquiring it. Hmm. And the reason for that was I found some big, hungry trade buyers to acquire this business with lots of synergies and lots of great opportunities to uh, to consolidate what they were doing. But um, as you probably know, with some trade buyers, they, they like to not destroy businesses, but they, they like to do a lot of things to them and, and often legacy and culture and employees and brand tend to not be followed. So the, the, the two brothers that own the transport company didn't want that. They wanted a, a safe, trusted pair of hands. So I ended up acquiring the business. Um, I was able to raise a decent level of financing because this was a very asset-rich, very cash flow-rich business. was able to, uh, to raise some cash. And, um, and they were con- content with um, a decent size of the deal going into seller financing, which uh, we, we call deferred consideration in the UK. Sure. So I did that deal and it convinced me at that time that there was a, a, a pocket of the selling community that would be like these two brothers, that they weren't necessarily focused on pure cash and pure value. They would entertain creative deals from people they could know, like, and trust that could take their babies, take their businesses off them and keep them operating in, in the style that, that they've been used to. So, so I started doing deals um, in, in all sectors. Uh, never, I only ever did one deal um, that, that was in the eight-figure range. Uh, that was an absolute disaster. I bought mm. a big company off a, um, off a multi-billion conglomerate. Uh, that deal didn't work. Made some money out of it for a couple of years. Uh, whilst I owned it, but um, had to let that one go. So really kind of started to focus on, you know, I guess that the one to $10 million businesses and finding those sellers that, um, you know, would prefer a, a creative, friendly deal versus selling to a trade buyer where, you know, they didn't really have any control about what was going to happen. So, so fast forward to today, I really do two things. So on the one hand, I'm a, a co-owner of a private equity firm on the East Coast of the US called Prox Capital. We're, we're buying and growing and selling businesses. Uh, we're, we're doing deal, deal every couple of months, if you will. And then uh, I'm blessed on the other side 
to coach and mentor almost 6,000 entrepreneurs all over the world in, um, in acquiring businesses. And these are either entrepreneurs that want to buy their very first business, so they might be stuck in corporate or you know, they, they want to be a business owner, but they want to buy, not start. And then um, increasingly, I'm working with existing business owners that want to effectively scale by acquiring, you know, strategically aligned businesses to, to scale up what they do in terms of products or market share or employees or, or, or whatever. So, so that's, uh, that's what I do. But um, so that the coaching business is called Dealmaker Well Society. It, it used to be called Ninja Acquisitions, which was the nickname that I was given by Mark Hurd. Um, I actually sold that company last year to um, a, a billion dollar corporate inside of the States. And after about six months, uh, I bought it back <laughs> for, let's just say, considerably less than what they bought it off me. They, they, they acquired it, didn't really know what to do with it. Culturally, it didn't really fit them. Um, was happy to do the deal. But uh, in the end, uh, I got the, the chance to take it back, which I which I did. So uh, I'm back owning that company again, which is uh, which wow. is. I mean, listen, it's, it's an incredible story, you know. And I've often said, and I think that your model now proves it to me, that buying a business is one of the most underappreciated uh, ways to make money uh, yeah. by companies uh, and by individuals that yeah. I truly believe that businesses are still undervalued. Uh, if, and, and, it, and it sounds like what you're helping people do is minimize that risk going into buying a business. Yeah, so, so what, one of my, my biggest piece of advice to anybody in entrepreneurship is, is, is buy, don't start. And if you look at the market data, in, in, I don't have the 2020 numbers. If you look at 2019, According to the Small Business Administration, 6.6 .6 million Americans uh, started a new business. And depending on whose data you use, whether it's the US Labor of Statistics or Michael Gerber or Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. you know, between 75 and 96% of those businesses will, will fail inside of, of 10 years with almost half of them crashing in, in the first year. So, and, and there's no, re there's no, no shock in that. When you start a business, you don't have any products or services or employees, any cash, cash flow, any reputation. You know, you don't have any of that stuff. Whereas if you buy an existing business as a going concern, it's got all of those things that you need when, when you're in business. And I'm not an advocate, um, Andy, of buying distressed businesses. I know there are people out there that um, that talk about buying businesses for a dollar and, and, and buying broken businesses. I, I think you can do that if, if you're prepared to roll your sleeves up and, 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 and dig yourself out of the mud. But I'm more of a fan of buying a profitable business that's got a financial DNA, which will allow you to raise capital uh, to acquire that business and um, have a willing buyer, willing seller, kind of relationship it's it, it's understanding the seller psychology and knowing that in some cases they would prefer to sell to an individual that's competent that's credible uh that they believe is trustworthy enough to take their business on and take it to a level where the owner of the business doesn't necessarily 
you know, want to do that. Um, so that that's definitely um, where I'm coming from. And at, at the end of the day, the, the market data as well, I, I don't know if, if, if you, you track buy and sell ratios, but um, I, I built a model last year because everyone kept asking me, you know, how, out of how many businesses that, that list, how many sell? And, and nobody knows the answer. So I actually, I spent three months with a data team building a model to calculate it all. We pulled data from thousands of different places and we crunched it and analyzed it and, and cross-referenced it. And we've calculated that um, about one in 11 businesses that list for sale actually transact. Um, it, it's as little as that. So if you look at, say, the United States right now, uh, there's, there's way over 2 million small businesses for sale and uh, just under a couple of hundred thousand deals get reported per year. So it's about a one in 11 ratio. And you know, there are different reasons for that as, as to why businesses don't sell. I think the biggest problem is there's a lack of qualified, competent professional buyers with access to capital to be able to you know, really professionally close these deals. Um, and that's something that I'm um, rapidly trying to solve through obviously my, my coaching and, and my mentoring. And, and it's partnering with the right people um, that have got what it takes to uh, to do this. Because you made a great point, and I agree with it, that acquiring businesses is very underappreciated as a, as a way to, to build wealth and as a way to get freedom. But um, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, it, it takes skill, it takes strategy, it takes patience, it takes discipline. Um, it's not a, you know, what the, what the marketers call a get-rich-quick scheme. It can be a get-rich slow scheme but that like anything valuable in life Andy it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of discipline yeah I listen you hit on so many points there which all of which I agree with and I think one of the uh, things that uh, that I wanted to point out or ask you a question of is um, again I I think that people don't realize that they should be buyers that should be buyers you know people who are building a company realize that they should be acquisitive and so how do you break into that mindset? How do you, you know, obviously they may learn about you or, you know, I, it, the, the awareness is just not there for them to kind of say, hmm, I should be acquisitive, especially during this time here in the United States, yeah. where now they're going to give away another six months of free SBA money to yeah. companies between five and one and five million dollars. <throat> I mean, it's just a fantastic opportunity to go out there and sell. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, 10 out of 11 businesses don't sell, and that's shocking to me, but that I, I, I'm going to believe you on that. It's not hard to believe, uh, is unrealistic expectations on both sides. So your, your whole point of having a guide and professionals to help you will help you get deals done. Yeah. So what, what's really interesting is when, when you look at... When you look at scaling an existing business by acquisition, um, it, it's very underutilized in the small and medium business market. When when you go to the mid market or you go to um, you know the billion dollar plus companies, that's what they do. Look at Cisco, look at Facebook, look at Amazon. You know when Amazon wanted to get into the grocery business 
Uh, they just went and bought Whole Foods. They didn't figure out how to do it themselves. Um, you know, when, uh, when, when Microsoft wanted to get into, um, you know, the social media platform world, they bought LinkedIn. When, um, when Salesforce.com wanted to get into the, the collaboration market, they went and bought Slack. So big companies buy other companies, you know, to scale. You know, Cisco did this, God, I think they did 100 deals in the 90s and 2000s just yes, to scale did. by buying products, buying technology, buying customers and, and, and scaling, you know, what they're doing. So when you come down to the, to the small and medium business market, so I, I'm talking – you know, let, let, let's talk one to $20 million businesses. Sure. What I find with, with those business owners is there needs to be a mindset shift first and foremost to get them into that zone of wanting to scale, you know, by acquisition. They, they understand that by buying another business, uh, you know, if, if you're a $5 million business and, and you, you can double the size of your business in three or six months by acquiring another company and then benefit from all those synergies, financial synergies and growth synergies that come from, from doing deals. They understand that. The challenge that some of them have is they are working in their businesses, not working on their businesses. When you're working in your business and you're doing the tactical day-to-day -day operational work, then you're not in a place, in my opinion, from a mindset perspective, you know, to want to do deals, you've got to be working on your business and leave the day-to-day -day responsibilities to other people. Then you've got that freedom to, because, you know, doing a Bolton acquisition, it all starts with, with a strategic question. You know, how do we want to scale? What do we want to get to? You know, and then once you understand the strategy and the vision for what you want your business to become, then really there's only four things you should be doing, mergers, acquisitions, joint ventures, and, and exits. That's your job as, as, the, as the CEO of your company. Let the day-to-day -day activity be driven you know, by, by somebody else. Uh, so I think that's often the biggest challenge is, is getting business owners in that place um, where they, they've got the, the, the mental real estate to think about doing deals and, and put a plan together um, to actually go and find the right businesses. Because I've seen a lot of deals done incorrectly, um, whether it's cultural mismatch, whether it's a strategic mismatch, wh whether it's simple things like systems don't talk to each other. I've seen so many deals fail just because a lot of those basic things have not been, have not been planned um, properly. It's, it's, like, it's like owning a house and building a big extension. Um, if you don't plan for it properly and you integrate it together, it's not gonna. It's not gonna work. It's the same sure. thing with doing deals. It's a, amazing advice. And so, to kind of wrap this all together, you know, maybe give some advice to some of the folks out there of how they could leverage you or how they could, you know, just get into that mindset that they're gonna buy or sell this year. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I. I I advise buyers, I advise sellers um, at, at all different levels. I, I think the, the best way, the best way to you know keep in touch with me and, and just to really understand um, what I'm all about and what I do is, is probably to read my book. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of training and mentoring programs that, that I have, but I, I think as a starting point, um, you know, just reading my book 
um, I think would be a really good start. Do I have a copy of it on my bookshelf? Yes, I do. Um, so I, have a, I wrote a book called Zero Down, Business Buying Secrets, How to Buy an Established Profitable Business um, Using None of Your Own Money. You can use your own money if you want to, but um, you know we're, we're talking about leverage buyouts. So you can buy this book on Amazon, but I'll, I'll give you a link for, a, a, a I think it's a $5 link to, to, to buy this book. It's sure. at trainwithcarl.com forward slash deal room. So that's train with Carl forward slash uh, deal room. So that, that'll give you kind of a high level um, uh, kind of understanding about how I do what I do, how I buy and sell businesses, what my process is. Um, and then for, for people that are really interested in going deeper, we, we have a range of, uh, of, of coaching options, uh, you know, to help people. Amazing. It's great. And we'll put that link in our show notes, folks. Carl, thank you so much. That was a, I, we could, I could talk to you all day. I'm sure we could have you back at some point. My uh, pleasure, yeah. But I, I really appreciate you coming on. Great story. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for your time. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is Listing of the Week. And we have Stephen Blaine with us from Transworld Business Advisors of Western North Carolina. And I'll tell you something about Western North Carolina. It is a absolute gorgeous place where a lot of people are moving and we have a, a great listing for you. It is a group of vacation homes, which is a busy business up there. Stephen, welcome. Why don't you give us a little bit of background to what you got? Thank you, Andy. Uh, and what we have here is uh, a, a group of four vacation homes that are located in Haywood County, North Carolina, and the hospitality industry is the number one industry in the region. We have a very successful company valued at $2.1 million. $1.8 million of that is the real estate. Uh, the company's been in business for over 20 years, and the sellers are retiring. Just four absolutely stunning properties located up in the mountains. They're extremely busy. Several other properties are booked weeks and months in advance. And here's the thing. They're, they're so successful, 60% of their customer base are repeat customers. Super clean books, outstanding reputation. Yeah, we see that a lot here in South Florida, people wanting to go to North Carolina to get away from it all for the whole summer. And I know people that rented the same home for year after year after year. So you're absolutely right. Repeat business. Uh, what's the uh, details? What's the what's the price on these homes? Yeah, sure. So the four homes are valued at $1.86 million. The the business is $300,000 in value, and the sellers are making approximately $110,000 SD. Uh, and it's a husband and wife team. It's a lifestyle business. It's very similar mentality that you'd get from, uh, you know, say, a, a bed and breakfast owner. They love interacting with the customers and bringing them muffins and that sort of thing. Uh, they have a crew that handles cleaning and maintenance, and it's a super clean business. Phenomenal books and records, very successful. Great opportunity for the right individual or couple. Yeah, sounds like a great retirement business, even to move to Western North Carolina and get yourself a bunch of vacation homes, like being in the bed and breakfast business, but it sounds better. It sounds like less hands-on. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Stephen, what's the best way to get in touch with you if someone wants to know more? You could shoot me an email 
at sblain, that's S-B-L-A-I-N at tworld.com, or reach me on my direct line at area code 828-528-5251. Perfect. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you too, Andy. Good talking to you. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. You might not realize it, but life has a soundtrack. For most of us, it sounds a bit like... But you can always change the station. In hundreds of Delta Airlines destinations, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.